Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Okay, here we go. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening to this installment of Geoholics Anonymous, our bi-weekly roundtable discussion. My name is Kent, a.k.a. Dilfy Dilf, and I am definitely a geoholic. I, of course, have my two partners in crime with us tonight, Big Shoots and producer Jake Shoots. What's happening, buddy? Uh, just living the dream, boys. I'm catching up with all these people on this thing beforehand. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. And you, producer Jake, uh, what's new since the last time we talked? Doing good. It's been nice having these every couple of weeks. We've got two recordings a week. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, those are the best days. Absolutely. 6 p.m. sharp. Gives you something to look forward to, right? Yep. I did get a, I get, I got to play a round of golf with uh, Big Shoots this week and he definitely lived up to his name as far as bombing some down the middle of the fairway. So it was a lot of fun. The driver's the only club that works for me lately, but we'll get the rest dialed in eventually. It worked well, that's for sure. Uh, let's get started, but before we do, I want to give our guest panelists an opportunity to introduce themselves. Uh, let's start with Trent, and if you guys would, just give us your name, what you do, who you work for, and year, make, and model of your very first car. <laughs> My name is Trent Keenan. I'm a uh, owner of uh, Diamondback Lancerang out of Las Vegas, Nevada. We work uh, kind of primarily all over the whole West Coast. Uh, I'm personally licensed in five states. Um, started my business June 1st, 2008, so bottom of the economy. Um, cur- currently have uh, 23 employees, and uh, this is my 25th year in surveying, and I started when I was 19, so this is pretty much all I know. Awesome, and uh, information on your okay. first car. 1988 uh, Toyota uh, four-wheel drive pickup. Nice. Nice. I would love to have that right now. I love those old 80 pickups. Those are great. Absolutely. All right, Mr. Swope. Yeah, I'm Bill Swope. Uh, I'm with Half Associates, uh, and I am the survey business development manager and also handle uh, things for geospatial as well, which is kind of under our survey division. Uh, based in uh, Richardson, Texas. I live in Frisco, actually. And uh, um, yeah, I'm also a certified photogrammetrist. Cool. And uh, tell us about your first car. Uh, first car, a 1976 Plymouth Fury. <laughs> my, uh, my stepdad was an associate warden at the Nebraska State Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. And so it was an old prison transport car that I got when I was 16. <laughs> so. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was going to say, was that thing hot off the lines when you bought it? <laughs> uh, no, but it, it didn't have any handles on the inside and the back seat. They'd taken out the, the, the glass between the front seat and the, and the back seat, but you still couldn't get out of the back seat. Jeez. What did the girls think of that? Uh, they were scared. <laughs> Todd. Yeah, I'm Todd Bauer with uh, Foresight Consulting in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I started the firm in 2004. Um, primarily we do private development work, commercial real estate transactions. I'm a licensed surveyor and engineer. Um, we've got about eight employees and work primarily in Northeast Indiana. Very good. Oh, and the 1972 Vega that I bought when I was 14. <laughs> the Vega, I love it. It seemed like a good deal at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay. Okay, yeah, so my name's Jay Janice. Um, I started surveying in 2003 out in California, and I left there when the markets dropped in the late 2000s, came to Texas in 2011, uh, bounced around a few different places, ended up um, getting my license in 2017, and I'm this current survey manager for San Antonio for Jones and Carter. I'm licensed in five states across the South and Southwest. And my first car was a 1983 metallic lime green Honda Civic. <laughs> That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, oh, and if anybody out there, if you haven't connected with Jay on uh, LinkedIn, you're going to want to do so. This guy posts the best stuff, the most informative, motivating stuff on LinkedIn. So before you be sure you connect with them. Uh, Mr. Gangwall. Hey guys, good evening. Uh, Steve Gangwell. I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, son of a surveyor and engineer. Ran and operated a, a small survey and civil engineering firm for about 10 years um, and worked for a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, another small 
aerial mapping company for a couple of years. Um, now I'm doing small business consulting. Um, I've been in real estate, also dabbled in that for the last 10 years. Um, and just kind of, you know, have my hands in a little few different things right now. Awesome. And what was your first car, buddy? 81 Civic with oh. ice cold AC. I remember you could breathe into it and oh. see your breath. That's how cold the air was. Wow. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Why would you ever get rid of that car out here? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, really. How about you, Shoots? What was your first car? Uh, mine was the same year as Steve. It was an 81 Oldsmobile Delta 88. Oh, Wood grain in the dash. Uh, <laughs> it had a little uh, name tag on there that said Clyde and Sally Wood. And I refused to ever get rid of that. And <laughs> when I first got the car, somebody was in the back seat and they hit the front seat and all this dust came out. And they said, what's that? And I immediately said, that's Clyde and Sally Wood. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> that's great. Jake, are you on with us? What was your first car? I had a uh, 2008 Infiniti T35S. It was awesome. My favorite car. Jeez. Look at Somebody's you. Somebody's a privileged young man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was pretty sweet. I bet. I bet. Yeah, mine was a 1974 Dodge Charger that my dad paid 400 bucks for, and we bondoed the crap out of it. I put a $99 Earl Scheid paint job on it and some craggers, and that thing was the shit. It was awesome. <laughs> That was awesome. All right. Um, so let's face it, even before COVID-19, um, keeping a constant flow of work coming into a land survey company is, is challenging um, because, you know, most, most consumers maybe need a survey one or two times in their entire lifetime. So, of course, our topic tonight is marketing and promoting GMATIC services and Maybe we'll sprinkle in some business development. So I personally think this is a, a timely chat for a number of reasons. One, I believe it's safe to say that many of our listeners work for companies that really probably don't have a marketing strategy, or if they do, it most likely is all over the place and not as effective as it could be. And two, I'm also willing to bet that as a result of COVID-19, there are a lot of companies that are seeing a drop-off in you know, new work, projects being canceled or put on hold, and as a result, their backlog is diminishing. You know, two months ago, couldn't hire enough people, and now a lot of folks are in a reactive mode, you know, panicking, trying to figure out how to possibly repackage themselves to appeal to quite possibly a different clientele. So. With that, uh, let's jump into the, the meat of the program here. Um, Trent, I'm going to start with you. What advice might you give someone that, you know, potentially falls in, in one or, gosh, I guess, both of those categories? I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little different. So my, my marketing strategy, like you say, it's not our services are not for the everyday person. It's once or twice in their lifetime situation. So my entire marketing strategy is branding and logo recognition. So when somebody does a search, they see, and they have five survey companies to choose from, they see one that's been a part of the community. That's, you know, they see the logo, they understand it. They understand what surveying is starts with a company name. And in my instance, it's Diamondback Land Surveying. So you know immediately what we do, what services we provide, and how we can help you. So all of our marketing is, is definitely derived around um, you know, the long term. So we're sponsoring uh, local youth teams, local youth ho uh, soccer, that kind of stuff. So the kids are wearing the jerseys at practice. They're going to dinner at, after, after practice, and they have the logo on their shirt. They play the games. They go to lunch after the games, whatever. You, you put yourself in these situations where you have a long-term and a visual logo all the time. And that's, that's been our biggest strategy um, since I started in uh, June of 2008. And it's all uh, the other flip side to that is I, I do everything as far as live sports. So anything uh, live sports, TV, uh, radio, live sports, TV commercials, all of that stuff where you, you know, someone's not DVRing and you know, they're, you have their attention and they can't necessarily fast forward. So those are our two marketing strategies, basically. Wow. Okay. Very good. Uh, Mr. Swope. 
Yeah, well, I'm, a, uh, I'm in a little bit different position than I have been for a lot of my career because I'm with a, a, a mid-level size company. Um, half is, is approaching 1,000 people. Um, and so, so to some people, that's a large company. Um, and so some of the, the things that I've dealt with uh, being with smaller companies, I don't have now. So, you know, we kind of have name recognition. People know who we are. Um, so for me, it's, it's been about helping to start the geospatial uh, practice at half and, and get that up and running, which is kind of like, you know, being a startup company in some ways. Um, uh, but for me, I do a lot of uh, um, marketing to my own uh, group, to the, to the own employees of half. Um, and in fact, I probably spend, you know, maybe half my time uh, talking with other groups just in my own company. Um, and then I'm also looking, you know, for uh, new prospects outside of the company, um, which can be a challenge sometimes too, because being as large as we are, I may not know that we, somebody else at the company has a, uh, has a contact with them or has a relationship. And so there's a little bit more of trying to figure out, you know, where we are historically with, with firms that we're trying to work with that, that I'm, I'm approaching for myself. So a um, little bit different for me these days. Yep, everybody's in a little bit different boat, no doubt. Thank you for that. Uh, Mr. Bauer. Yeah, I think I would echo a lot of the things that uh, Trent had said. I mean, in the beginning when I started the company um, and my kids were of the, of the age that we certainly sponsored a lot of sporting teams and sporting events, uh, definitely worked very hard in the beginning to, to create a logo, an image that you could brand. And then since then, been working very consistently to maintain that logo goes on everything. Shirts, trucks, drawings, it's all consistent. Um, maintaining a consistent color and of late, um, really been trying to put a lot of emphasis into some of our LinkedIn marketing, trying to go to the social media side where it seems like we can get a much better tangible tracking mechanism on that as opposed to uh, some of the print ads or other materials that we've done in the past. Yep, and as a matter of fact, that's how uh, Todd and I connected was through LinkedIn and uh, basically because I saw some of the stuff you were posting and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is awesome. You know, this guy gets it. So uh, again, some really good quality stuff there. Uh, Mr. Janice. Yeah, you know, um, being, at, being at Jones Carter taking over for the San Antonio office, although they had a business development person there that I work really close with um, almost on a daily basis, they're focused a lot on the engineering side, not so much on the survey side. So it really put me in a position to go chase down my own work. And we do a lot of work for other engineering firms and, and things like that. Um, I would say one of the big things, if I was going to give someone advice, would be to try and find that niche that sets you apart from someone else selling the exact same service or product. We're all engineers, we're all surveyors. Um, what sets you apart when you're sitting in front of a client? You know, and, and the first thing I think of is something that we really promote at Jones and Carter is its service. You know, um, and, and going back to what Todd said too, it's that consistent product and the service. It's meeting deadlines, it's having daily or weekly touches with your client. This is where we are on the project, this is where we are on the budget. Um, taking stresses away from the client so they can focus on their life and not try and micromanage the product or process. And, and you know, that's kind of how we've been approaching it, especially in this COVID time. We've actually not pulled back on BD, we've pushed BD harder to let those people know like, hey, we haven't changed our flow of work. We'll, we're still here, we haven't slowed down, our service is still the same, our, our personal touches are still gonna be the same and, and you know, however that works for you, that's what we're going to do. So that's kind of where we've tried to carve out that niche as far as branding goes. Yep. Yep. Really good. We're going to talk about branding a little bit more here in just a bit, but it's definitely a common thread. Uh, Mr. Gangwall. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I come from a perspective of a very, very small business, you know, less than $5 million annual gross receipts. So um, I think, what we're all discussing, I think different techniques, different approaches, you know, um, are good for different sizes of businesses. But from a small business perspective, um, I felt like I, I really grew um, very organically. Um, a lot of it was the biggest promotion was just meeting as many people as you can, going to conferences, um, you know, looking at the big players, you know, the, the, 
the consultants that I would be subs to in the area that I'm working in, finding out who are the decision makers, setting up meetings with them, that kind of thing, and doing a lot of personal uh, face-to-face interaction with them. But I'm also in agreement with all the other gentlemen too. You know, there's brand recognition, you know, a good logo, a good catch name, you know, things like that. And consistently putting that out there um, and, you know, in any shape or form that you can really, you know. Yep, no question. Definitely a common thread there as far as brand brand recognition or name recognition goes. And appreciate you guys uh, all chiming in on that. That was really, really good. Let's uh, talk about what I'm calling the, uh, I don't know, the six P's of marketing, I suppose. And I sent these, guys, sent these out to you guys ahead of time. So Steve, I'm gonna let you go first on this one. And what I'd like you to do is just pick one of these, whether it be product, price, place, promotion, processes, or people. And whichever one's left at the end, uh, either myself or Big Shoots will take it. So pick one of those and just kind of expand that out a little bit. I'll go with people if I have to choose one. Um, because it's the people are, are your business. And ultimately, um, it's the people that your clients who are you're interacting with. It's the people that your client ultimately decides whether they want to do business with you or not. It's because they like you. So you need to be likable. Um, you need to be trustworthy and you need to be, um, reliable. So those qualities are very important in your people. And as long as you're consistent with those, I think, um, you already have a good step ahead of things. Just to jump in on top of that, after you say people with all these other P's definitely be present. Yeah. No doubt. Add another P. <laughs> I'll let you take that one at the end. <laughs> All right, Jay, pick one. All right, let's see here. Um, I made myself a little list. I'm going to go with, um, I'll go with product. Um, I think that's, that's really important when you're dealing with the promoting and the promoting or branding. Um, this kind of goes back to what we talked about and the advice side as well. And you're looking at having that well-defined product that looks the same every single time. Um, having your QA, QC process lined out so that you know you're minimizing any uh, mistakes. And um, you know, basically, we kind of have a tagline, and it's a quality product produced on time by people who care. And that also goes back to what. Um, to what Steve was just saying, you know, it's the re- reliability, not of just what you're putting out the door every day, but who's actually producing it. So that kind of goes hand in hand with, with the people side of it as well. But product, product is, is really important, um, especially when you're relying on word of mouth or client recommendations, to have that consistency is, is key. Yeah, no question. I think people is definitely a common thread through all these P's. So. Uh, it definitely doesn't hurt to always bring it back to that. Uh, Todd, I believe you're next. Pick one, if you would, please. I, mean, I think they're all important, but I, I'll go with process because I think it speaks to both the previous two points that, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter the size of the firm because any firm can take on any project if you have the right process in place to ensure that you can deliver the quality, consistency, and on time. I mean, so I know our particular firm, we do a lot of work for a smaller number of people and it's amazing the amount of work we can get out the door because we have a process in place that helps us ensure the quality and the product and maintain that brand image that we use within our drawings. (laughs) Yep. No question about it. No question about it. Thank you for that. Uh, Bill got pick one of the three left price place or promotion. Yeah, let's see. I'll I'll go with promotion. Um, I mean, kind of, you know, for obvious reasons, you got to get yourself out there. But, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can promote oneself or one's company. Um, and, uh, and, and so it's important to kind of, you know, take into consideration uh, who you're wanting to talk with, number one, the, the, the client or the prospect that you're looking at, and, uh, um, and what you want to tell that person as far as what you're going to be promoting. Because it can be different things uh, for different folks. Uh, I know certainly 
Uh, and Jay's probably in the same boat that I am since we're, you know, a, a larger firm with a, that's multidisciplinarian. Um, I've got to, I've got to have a different story for the different sectors that we're working with because I'm trying to sell different things or promote different things to those folks. And so um, doing a little homework on, on, you know, who your client or your prospect is and what you're trying to promote to them, I think can be important and just taking a few minutes with that. Absolutely. Uh, Trent, you got one of two to choose from, buddy. Yeah, I'll go with price. Um, it's not the easiest one, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, you know, your, your, your reputation, I think, drives your price. And uh, with, you know, a lot of word of mouth, and that's the way we kind of built our business is just word of mouth and, and letting people kind of come to us outside of our traditional marketing, but let them come to us and, and word of mouth will say, Hey, these guys are, are fair. They're reasonable. Or, you know, you want, you want the good words about, about your service. So, um, you know, and, and part of your price is based on how you pay, how you pay your employees. I mean, that's your, obviously your multiplier. So, um, you know, it goes back to the old adage of you take care of your employees, take care of your clients uh, situation. And so, um, I think, you know, the price is, is just set by, by your reputation, really. Yep, no question about it. Very well said. And the only thing I would add to that is if your marketing plan is price-based, meaning I'm going to be the cheapest one out there, that's not going to work. <laughs> and, 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 we, and we say that, we always say that, we're not the cheapest. No. Yep, yep, exactly. We're, we're middle of the road or, you know, we're not, we're not the cheapest, we're not the highest, we're, we're, we're fair. Yep. That's what it is. Yep, no question. Um, okay, place. Shoot, you want to take it or you want me to take it? I, well, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a little different situation being in the mapping world than the surveying world. Uh, if we can find a surveyor anywhere in a plane to fly it, we can do it. The process is the same no matter what. As far as a land surveyor, you got to be licensed. You got to all the, the detail, minutia, whatever you want to call it, that goes with that. Um, and then the other part to just go with the theme of where we're at right now, COVID-19, everybody's working from home and, and place is kind of just up in the air right now. So that's just my opinion on it. And then real quick before you take back over, Kent, that whole price thing, I know this has kind of been the discussion that we've had a million times over. This is part of the reason we started this thing besides promoting the profession. Man, oh man, just don't kill each other on the price and making it the cheapest thing ever. You know, know your worth and charge it. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. You're exactly right. You know, there's those guys out there doing professional services for pennies on the dollar and it's just, it's not doing any of us a favor. So the only thing I, when I think of place, I look at it two different ways. I look at, you know, place as in location of your business, I suppose. You know, I know in Arizona, there used to be like engineers row on this one street where I don't know, there was a dozen or more uh, consulting firms in the same area. And since that time, everybody's kind of spread out in the different areas of the Valley. But I also look at it as, I think it's important that you know your place in the marketplace. And what I mean by that is I think before you can do any kind of marketing plan or strategy, you gotta know who your competition is. You gotta have a full understanding of you know, who they are, what they're offering. You gotta try to get an understanding of their pricing structure and um, you know, what, what, what they're doing and what organizations are they involved with? You know, who are they hanging out with? What are they, what are they doing? And those are all things. It's the more you know about your competition, the better, you're you're situated to know how to set yourself apart so that's the only thing i would add to that um let's move on to the next topic um you know so surveying or geomatics mapping what have you it's kind of interesting we're definitely we're, we're a, a service driven industry but we also provide products so what what are the challenges of marketing those two things service as well as a product and uh trent i'm gonna let you go first on this one uh you know in ours kind of they kind of go hand in hand really um outside of you know the the 3d scanning when it first came in but you know we all kind of provide the same product of boundary topo engineering design mapping subdivision mapping commercial mapping whatever it may be um and so again, staying within your niche, you know, it's kind of the common theme that, you know, stay, stay with what you know, the boundaries, the topos, if you're, if you're good at 
3D modeling and you're good at scanning, then that's your model, that's your niche. Um, we're, we're traditionally boundary topo engineering design support. Um, we do maybe 18, 18, 15 to 18% construction. Um, the rest is just, you know, definitely engineering and, and design type support. So um, outside of the everyday call, you know, somebody needing the, the property line staked or something like that. But we just, we market surveying. And then when the client calls, you know, we walk through the steps of what they might need and either, you know, we can help or we direct them to somebody that can obviously provide a better service than we can. Curious, what percentage of your job would you say is educating the client? Um, honestly, because we're, you know, more design driven, it's, it's maybe only 25% really, because we're dealing with the engineers and the architects and, you know, and sometimes design build, um, GCs and stuff like that. So we don't, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time, at least on our end. So that, that, those are, that would be more on the, the phone calls for the, you know, somebody wanting their fence line staked and that's, sure. that's uh, helping the client. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Bill, I know, uh, you know, this is a big part of what you do. So I'm curious to get your take on it. Yeah. Well, and it's, and again, I, I, I'm in a unique position where it's kind of changed for me. So, you know, most of my career in professional services has been with a small photogrammetric firm. Um, and when you're with those, uh, those smaller firms, while we're, we're doing a service, you know, professional service, I think for those firms, at least the product is the most important thing because at the end of the day, that's what the client is looking at. The price, of course, is wrapped around that. But now that I'm, you know, kind of on the survey side of things and seeing that, um, the service is definitely important and, and a large part of half success is built into their reputation of being, you know, a good customer service oriented company that provides you know, quality services all the time. Um, and I'm, and I'm seeing that, you know, where as before I worried about what the product was and Ryan can attest to this as we've worked before at the same company a couple of times, um, you know, you want, you worry about, Hey, I'm going to deliver you a plot and it's going to be a really good looking plot. And, and I want it to be, you know, something that's presentable for you and for, you know, maybe your client as well. Um, whereas now in the survey world, the stuff is kind of happening behind the scenes for me as far as deliverables go. Um, it's important to know what those deliverables are, but uh, a lot of the guys that we work with aren't worried about, you know, that shiny plot and having that, you know, uh, that product be the, the thing other than what is within the product itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no question. No question. Good stuff. Thank you for that. Uh, Todd. Yeah, I think. It feels like I'm going to echo a lot of what Trent has been saying tonight because I think we have kind of a similar <laughs> business approach. But, you know, I think I think it's, it's serving is just a different thing to try to market. I mean, although we all understand what the end product is, we, I still deal with a lot of clients that do not understand table A or issues like that. So I do feel like I spend a fair amount of my time uh, trying to educate the public, uh, you know, anybody that would call in or the – even the architects and engineers, and I am an engineer. So I think the educational process is a big component that we end up uh, serving as well, serving as a resource so that we can try to distinguish ourselves. We've all been talking about that as far as really not being based as a commodity, but, but distinguish the services we provide. So um, a lot of the marketing material that I've done the last couple of years in a different format, not the LinkedIn, has been about trying to give some insight to the general public to the backside of what we do as surveyors because other than showing up and marking corners, they have no idea what we do and what's really involved. So um, I've really tried to been focusing quite a bit on the educational process, at least give them a glimpse so they understand what goes into the service so that they can actually shop in an intelligent manner as we try to market our product. Yep, yep, very good. How about you, Jay? I, th I think Todd just nailed it right there, right at the end. Um, educating the client or or potential customer on on what they actually need. I can't tell you how many times someone has called and they don't need a survey, or you know, oh, just call this person at the county. They'll that all you need is a permit or wh whatever the case is, and or or say, hey, you know what? I'm not the right company for you. Let me let me give you some some good recommendations of some people to call. I think. That's taught, you know, that touches on so much like what Trent said and Bill said about reliability, service, you know, 
making making good decisions for the people that are relying on you. So it goes into the reliability. But yeah, the, the education part of it is is huge. And it could be educating someone so that you don't even get the job. But bringing it back to a marketing perspective, that person is going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to call this guy for my next survey because I was about to drop 10 grand on something that I didn't even need to. And he could have screwed me over, but he didn't. He told me what I needed to know. He educated me on something. So it kind of builds that trust and, the, and that kind of thing. So I, I think I think all those points are just, just spot on. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've done that exact same thing. And I guess in a sense, talked myself out of a job as a result of educating a client. But that also... <laughs> that, that that comes back, you know. You, right. get, you get what you give, and uh, you, know, you may have lost that job, but that particular person or somebody else for that matter is going to get word that you treated them especially well and were more than fair, and that work's going to come back to you tenfold. So, really, really good points. How about you, Steve? Yeah. So, just kind of taking off from what everybody's saying. I, I mean, I agree with everybody. Um, what Jay was just speaking about, I think, is part of service whether it ends up being a contract or not, it's still providing a service to a client who was at some point interested in your services. So um, my experience where I came from, I was responsible for hiring and managing uh, the technical staff, um, but I provided the service to the customer being responsive, you know, answering their questions and things like that, paperwork, whatever it was, contracts and stuff like that any kind of uh, legal requirements that were required, making sure we got the information from them. Um, communication, that's the big keyword. That was the kind of the essence behind the service for the client. And then of course the product being the deliverable, uh, making sure that it's, you know, got all the I's dotted, T's crossed, QA, QC, nice and polished. Um, and, and, you know, with little to no mistakes. Um, and giving them exactly what they wanted, knowing what they wanted beforehand as well. Um, different formats, things like that. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. So just knowing what they want ahead of time so that you're, while you're out there collecting the information for them and producing the, the deliverable um, instead of, you know, having to go too much back and forth, which again, then disrupts your service again. So they kind of go hand in hand, in my experience. Yep, absolutely. Ryan, do you want to add anything? I know this is something you do every day as well. Uh, I do. And Steve was really on point there. Um, a lot of the, the services products um, in the photogrammetric business, it's kind of very similar across the board. So uh, the biggest two variables are going to be your price and your marketing and being there, being present with the people, you know, building a relationship as Steve said, being responsible responsive and responsible both of those are huge um and then there's there's always just that factor of price and some people are gonna you know trent said they're the the middle of the road and we're fair pricing if we could all do that at least that would be great but there's always going to be that person out there that's just going to cut everybody out from under pull the rug out from under them and you got to deal with that so um, that's just inevitable. So you got to hope that your marketing and your, your presence is enough to overcome that. Yeah. Wouldn't it be beautiful if everybody would throw out the high number, throw out the low number and keep the middle number on every project. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. My life would be so much easier. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Well, I, I want to talk about something that every single one of you touched on at the very beginning, and that's the importance of, of branding, of name recognition. And it's not just, you know, at a professional level, it's at a personal level as well. Um, I, I personally think this is something that is, you know, off the charts important. You only get one opportunity to make a first impression. And this goes for everybody at every level. You know, I mean, let's face it, our field guys are more times not the first exposure that people get to our company if we're doing survey work. And if those guys aren't making a good first impression, that reflects poorly on the entire company top to bottom. So Steve, why don't you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, so having worked for myself more or less for the you know last 10 of 12 years, um, it was easy. Because <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, I knew how to conduct myself. Um, and usually I was 
the face of the of the company um, going to any kind of social events and whatnot. So, um, you know, but I, I have experience also working with other companies where, um, you know, you have other people and there are other people talking to clients, answering the phones, so on and so forth, um, going to conferences and whatnot, and sometimes don't know how to act or what's appropriate, what's inappropriate. So part of that is just kind of game planning, teaching, um, coaching your employees, making sure you guys are all on the same page. Um, you know, some things are common sense, other things, maybe not so much common sense, but, um, you know, like, you know, a lot of it's just coaching and, and, you know, um, helping your, your, your employees, your, your coworkers, whatnot, you know, just learn from the best practices when it comes to that kind of thing. Yep. Jay, how about you? I know based on the stuff I see you post on uh, LinkedIn, I mean, you and I have a, have a lot in common when it comes to like uh, motivational videos, Jocko, I love that guy. Uh, right, I'm sure, right. I'm sure you have something to say about this. Yeah, you know, um, I, I went in the Marine Corps right out of high school. So I, I spent four years in the infantry and, and I take a lot of that discipline and some of those things I learned with me. Um, um, you know, ethics is, is really big for me, ethics of discipline and, and doing doing the right thing even when no one is looking that's character um i think people can see that when they're talking to you and and you know putting putting that face on when you're meeting people is is really important that that they're seeing that that side of you and and your business um you know going going to what steve said when when you're talking about like your your field guys and stuff like that you know Maybe not some of the most sophisticated guys sometimes, but they're out there working hard. But it's it's I think it's the small things, the attention to detail. Um, is your truck clean? Are your tools clean? Are you are are your chains oiled up? Is everything organized? Like down to the smallest little thing, that's gonna carry through um, not only what they do at work, but what they do outside of work. I see I see branding carrying past what the company is and what people do outside of the company. Um, a lot of our guys probably have shirts or hats that are branded. Are they at the lake partying with that hat on? You know, these are the things that I consider when I'm talking to my guys about marketing and how things that they do affects the company as a whole. Um, and, then, and then internally um, at JC, we do a lot of um, like, uh, training and classes. So, you know, you, a, a lot of the, a lot of the management, they're presenting big projects in front of, um, you know, city councils and things like that, or, or, the, or they got to do a Q and a with the general public. So they have to know how to conduct themselves when they're in front of people. So of course that goes to how you look, how you dress, but it also goes to how you speak. Um, you know, the kind of language you use, are, are you, are you speaking in layman's terms so that people can understand? Um, so, so we really do go out of our way to do a lot of internal training on, you know, we, we have like a Toastmasters club, we do, um, we have a consultant that comes in and we do speaking classes and, and things like that. So that really goes a long way in helping the company put that, that best fit, that best face forward. So. Yep. Yep. I think you nailed it right there. How about you, Todd? Well, I mean, I think the guys have covered a lot of good topics, but I mean, the one thing that that always stands out to me is, especially in today's social media age, is is your presence both on LinkedIn or even some of the presence on Facebook. And there's you know a number of groups on Facebook that are for for surveyors, but some of the conversations, the words they use and how they approach things doesn't really reflect highly on our profession. So, I mean, I think it's important that as you're looking at that branding for both you and the company, they are intertwined. And you need to realize that what you say in a public forum, social media, reflects on the company and they need to address that. So whether we like it or not, we are judged by the words we use and how we present ourselves. And that is the first impression that everybody gets of your company. Absolutely. Really good point about the social media stuff. Bill? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, what I've done a lot of my career, and, and, and some of you guys will know that because I've actually you know marketed to more than a few of you here on the call. Um, I, you know, I think... Uh, part of branding is your reputation. Uh, we've all kind of hit on it here, but, um, and this is why this COVID thing is particularly 
bad for me because I like to get in front of people. I like to go out to, to lunch with people. I like the one-on-one -on -one interaction, getting to know the person. Um, I, I don't only want to bring work to my firm. I want to bring them good work. And I think if you know the people a little bit better, um, you, you know which ones are going to be the ones that are going to be those kind of clients for you as well. Um, and so for me, it's, it's a little bit of figuring out how to, how to do that now that I can't, you know, just go out and drop by a, a firm and, and stop in to see somebody that I want to see. Um, but the nice part about that all the years that I've been doing that is, is I have a lot of contacts. I have a lot of contacts um, literally across the country at this point. And, and so, you know, that, that having that good reputation for years helps me out because people that I've known, you know, uh, say good things about me and connect me with other folks. And, and so, it, you know, just like this, you know, I think this is why I think this geoholics is so great because it's, it's part of that. It's connecting people and heck it's really come at a, at an opportune time. If you think about it with all the stuff that's going on now, um, because you're, you're bringing people together from all across the country. Um, and you know, that, that goes into that reputation too. Um, cause can't, you've built a reputation in the land surveying uh, community over the years that I think is making geoholic successful as well. Um, so, you know, if you want to talk about branding, there it is right there. Um, in a nutshell, it's being responsible, being responsive to your clients, uh, and being somebody that they know they can trust. Well, I appreciate the kind words, Bill. And, uh, one thing I love that you touched on is the fact that there's good clients and there's bad clients and that part of our marketing and business development efforts, uh, part, part of that, the goal of doing that is to uh, vet out, honestly, you know, who we want to work for, who we don't want to work for. So really, really good points there, Bill. I appreciate it. How about you, Trent? I don't think anybody left me anything to talk about. Everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we echo every one of them in the same instance or the same thing is uh, we take it, you know, as, as, uh, as much at our company as well. And we take it all the way to the field guys where I, I let them treat their truck like it's a, an extension of the office. So we drive, you know, the nicest trucks, they're decked out with wheels and logos and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's the extension of the office. And, and uh, so they get the same, the client gets the same treatment, whether they're, you know, coming in our front door or it's the, the truck showing up on the, on the job site. So those are, uh, those are a lot of things that we kind of extend. Same thing, the, the, you know, the logos on everything, the guys at the office tease that the only thing we're missing is uh, logoed underwear. Um, <laughs> everything else is totally has the, the logo and the colors everywhere. So um, we, we do the same thing. We echo exactly like, like Jay said, and that's, you know, getting, uh, getting the reputation. And, and if you wear that, that logo on your shirt and you, you wear that hat, that it means something. So I'll, I'll be ultimately impressed if you tell me you have a diamondback surveying tattoo. I do not. I don't even have a tattoo <laughs> yet. And my, uh, uh, my kids are actually telling me I have to have the first one before they get one themselves. So, um, so challenge yeah, accepted. I know, I know. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> uh, you got anything you want to add, Ryan? Uh, like everybody, you guys have all covered it. Jay, the biggest thing he said, doing the right thing at all times, integrity. You know, if you have that, you're, you're, clients will know it. And, and that carries a lot of weight that goes a long way. Um, it, it can counterbalance a lot of these other things that you might be higher on the price, or you might be a little longer on a timeline or something like that. But if they know that you're honest with them, um, and that that's just going to go a long way. And, and to carry off of uh, what Bill said, you know, he's kind of my uh, mentor in this whole marketing and stuff business. I was always a behind the scenes production guy, the nerd that sat at the computer all day to get out and uh, press the flesh, as they say. He was the one that taught me that. Um, so I don't know if he's the one to blame for it, if it's just my personality, but I am definitely one of those guys that'll get to know you very well. And I enjoy the, the personal aspect of it, but to my own detriment of maybe not mentioning work as much as I need to sometimes. So, <laughs> but that, that, that is important. That brings in those good clients. So you're, you're weeding out those ones that 
you know, just going to use you and dump you. Yeah, no doubt. I think it boils down to, you know, making sure it's the biggest challenge we have and that's hiring the right people. And everybody has to, you know, be on the same page and be part of the, 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 the company or the corporate fabric, you know, and weave themselves into it. And if you don't have the right people that believe in that same way, you know, it, it presents challenges from time to time, but all really, really good stuff. And I know ethics were mentioned. I think Jay mentioned that uh, integrity, honesty, you know, those are all things that, uh, you know, that, that we live each and every day by. So with that, and this is a bit of a challenging question, I guess, but there are ethical things that we need to think about when doing marketing and business development. And I know that it presents some challenges. The company I work for is a, a massive you know, global publicly traded company. We have very, very, very strict guidelines when it comes to those things. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely makes you think a lot. And, you know, can you accept baseball tickets? Can you accept this? Can you accept that? Can you offer that? You know, it, it really changes your mindset on things. So, Trent, I know you work for a little bit smaller company, but I'm sure at the same time you have some ethical challenges when it comes to marketing and business development. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. Well, you know, and it goes down to, it goes down to the words we're allowed to say, obviously, as well. I mean, we're kind of, you know, you can't say certain things like guarantee, you know, or warranty or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of words that, you know, we shouldn't and are not allowed by our state boards to say. And so, you have to be careful on how you do that. And so, again, our, our branding, you know, it's uh, it's more derived towards this, the logo and branding recognition. And it's, you know, our, our little tagline is whether you're building a block wall, walk, wall or the next Taj Mahal, you know, we can we can help you. So um, it's it's kind of the same tagline I've used since day one. And it, you just keep that repetitive thing over and over. But again, be super careful on the words that you use and so that, you know, you're not in front of the state board because you are advertising and you're doing, you know, doing it wrong, I guess, is the, the key words. So, um, but, you know, back to the same, same thing. It's like, you know, te teaching the, uh, teaching the guys, uh, office and field staff, the, the same thing, the words that they can't say and use. And so it goes with the ethics and that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. Really good point. Bill, you've been doing this a long time. What, what, what say you about, uh, business development and ethics? Uh, yeah, well, I've seen a lot of things, you know, the, to me, there's a distinct difference between selling and business development. Um, I was actually on a call today, uh, here in town with, uh, Texas Society of Professional Engineers, and it was a COVID business development topic. And that's one of the things, you know, that they mentioned, you know, marketing is probably umbrella over business development, but business development differs from selling in that you're really trying to build a relationship. You don't just want to sale. Because, you know, in our industry, we're going to come back to, to the same people over and over again, whether it's to work with them as a client or to team with them as a partner. Um, and so, you know, you, you have to be honest. Um, your client will appreciate it, it, particularly when something's going wrong and you got to give them bad news about something, which will happen to everybody. You know, so I try not to go into... A new, with a new prospect in a meeting and say, Hey, I'm going to do everything right. 100%. You know, I want to establish myself as an expert, obviously in what I do. Um, uh, but I'm also human. And, you know, so a lot of times I just let people know that we'll do everything that we can, uh, to be honest with you and upfront about things so that we can get through a project as, as smoothly as possible. Um, and I think just, you know, over time I've just learned it, you just have to be honest about things. You're built again, you're building those relationships. You don't build a relationship by uh, being dishonest with someone or withholding information. Uh, you know, there's certain things that you can say and you can't say, and we all know what those are. Uh, and I think we all abide by those rules, but if you're just as honest as you can be most, in most cases, you're going to do just fine. Where does uh, humility come in? Uh, well, we, I think yeah, we all have to be, you know, have, have that, um, <laughs> within us if your ego is driving everything you're gonna put your uh, um, your foot in your mouth at some point um, and and you know there's nothing wrong with introspection um, I, thankfully I'm a very introspective person I, I'm always trying to think what I did wrong and right about any situation I'm a Libra as well and so they're always trying to balance the scales if you will um, 
And so, you know, it, it's important to, to be able to do that, to, to look at yourself and, and be honest with yourself. And uh, um, so being humble is, is one way that, that, that you achieve that. Absolutely. All right, Todd, mill the pack. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think to follow up on what Bill was just talking about, I mean, I think the important thing, especially ethically, is you got to know what you don't know and you got to know what you're not good at. I mean, so if there's a particular function that you're being asked to do and you don't have the competency, don't do it. That's part of our licensure is to practice in the areas we're competent in. So uh, I know of a number of surveyors that will try to take on any project, even though it's not their specialty. So why, why waste your time? Why give the client bad service and a bad product when it's not what you do every day? So I think it's, it's good to stay in your lane. Really good advice. Awesome. Uh, Jay, how about you? I think Bill nailed it. Um, marketing ethics is, is, it's about clients not selling. It really is. If you, if you are honest and ethical with these clients and you're sitting in a room with them, you don't have to sell them on anything. They've already bought in. Um, and I, I think that, I, I mean, I think that kind of ties it up in a nice little bow. I mean, that's what we're, that's what this whole thing is about tonight is about marketing and promotion of the company and what you can do to put your best face on when you're sitting down across the table from somebody. And I kind of go back to what I said earlier is we're all selling the same service and product. We're engineers or surveyors. We sell paper that have lines on them. You know, what is, what sets us apart? And I think, I think, I think Bill just nailed it. It's not about the sale. It's about the client. Personal relationships is what's going to, was what's going to solve all of this. It really is. And, and, and that goes with, you know, all these little tag words we've been using, humility, ethics, integrity, honesty, all of those all fit into that. And the client, the client will know. And, and, and my, you know, the way I look at it is not being that way attracts the people that you don't want to do business with. That kind of goes back to the pricing. Horrible pricing leads to horrible clients, right? I mean, if, if, you're, if you're digging at the bottom of the barrel all the time, well, who's hanging out down there? People you don't want to work with. So people appreciate honesty, and, and, and you'll get those kind of clients in return that, uh, that appreciate that, and they will give that back to you. So, yeah, I, th I, think, I think Bill just nailed it. Yep. All good stuff. Steve, I'm curious to hear your uh, response to this. I know you've done a lot of work with, like, uh, you know, a lot of public and state agencies in the past. And I know there's some challenges as far as, you know, marketing and business development ethics there. Yeah, I mean, got to echo a lot of what everyone is saying here, of course. Um, you know, it, it is not just about making a sale. It's about building that relationship. Um, there's obviously guidelines. There's uh, regulations, laws that you need to be within. Um and, you know, transparency is a big, important um, quality, I think, to have. Um, and, you know, um, just doing everything that you you say you're going to do, when you're going to do, and how you're going to do it, and being consistent with that. Um, and then maybe one thing that's I haven't heard anyone really bring up yet, but, um, you know, there's there's putting down your competition or your the other company, the other guys. Um, I don't believe in that. Um, it's a small world. Um, you never know who you're going to be working with for. Um, and, you know, you just want to treat other people, other competitors with the same amount of respect that you'd want return from them. Basic concepts I'm really talking about, you know. Um, so it, I think this is actually an easy one, although unfortunately a lot of people, you know, have trouble with it. But um, it, it's an easy one, you know. Yeah, really good point about not, you know, being saying negative things about your competition. And again, you know, I think the quality clients are going to see right through that. So, but another great point. Ryan, what do you have? I think, honestly, this thing has been covered front to back, top to bottom. Um, I just have to agree with Todd's stay in your lane, do what you do. Don't, don't try and take something that 
take something on that you have no business doing, you know, no matter what the paycheck is or whatever involved with it, it's not going to be worth it at the end. It's going to be messy and you're just going to lose a client. So with that, and then uh, to what Steve said of not, not necessarily bad mouthing in competition. Um, I can honestly say I don't do that, but if somebody does it, I may just kind of nod my head in agreement, <laughs> but I don't start it. <laughs> I am not above it. <laughs> Oh, geez. All right. I appreciate the honesty. Um, well, gosh, guys, that was a fast hour, believe it or not. You know, there's probably a number of things that we've talked about that we could go into and have an entire uh, separate show on. But unfortunately, we don't have time with this one. Maybe we can do it another time. Uh, thank each and every one of you for being here. You guys killed this episode. Uh, some unbelievable value provided to the folks out there and all of our listeners. So really appreciate that. Uh, last order of business is give everybody kind of a parting shot or if there's anything we haven't talked about and they want to mention. So let's go with Steve. Yeah. So um, when I worked for a small civil survey business for a while, um, one of the things I struggled with was, you know, did I want to do this shotgun approach or a very laser focused kind of approach as far as uh, promoting our services? And I went with the, I actually tried both, but uh, what was more successful for me was the laser focus. Um, instead of just going out there and saying, hey, we do survey, we do civil, you know, who needs a project done, who needs this, who needs that? Um, I believe uh, we kind of fell down the path of more of a qualifications-based selection type of consulting services versus hard bid, low price. Um, that, that didn't work for us. And um, I really utilized the, the resources that are available made by the local governments, you know, your state, your city, um, whatever town you're in, um, a lot of times they might have small business offices, um, you know, or minority owned, small business owned, women owned, women owned, et cetera. Um, and there's a lot of resources there that some folks may not be aware of, but, you know, everything from helping you to develop a marketing plan or getting a help with accounting systems and so on and so forth, um, any kind of infrastructure help you might need for your business. Um, and then of course, um, introductions and, and getting the information you need to get in front of your client, you know, what kind of projects are coming up, you know, studying like a, a five-year transportation plan, for example, um, and knowing where the links are for a specific websites so you can see who's bidding on what, who's winning what, you know, things like that. So do your homework and really dig deep. And, um, you know, that, that really helped us a lot. And um, to all the listeners out there, I wish you all the success. Um, keep working hard and stay safe and be healthy. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate being here. Uh, Jake. Yeah, you know, um, I think Steve kind of hit on this for a second there when he was um, cross-selling in the products. You know, don't just don't just focus on one thing. If you have a firm that offers multiple platitudes, take the time and Bill Bill touched on this as well earlier. Take the time to really learn about the services that your company offers outside of survey because you know i go to a lot of meetings with our business development person and um you know i'm i'm there to kind of back him up on the survey side of things but i know about our water department i know about our you know sanitary sewer and our lidar department all these things because Cross-selling is, is huge when it comes to marketing. When you're talking to you know, a GC or an architect or whoever, it's like, well, I don't need survey services right now, but tell me about your LIDAR. Or you know, I don't need LIDAR stuff. Tell me about that you know, sewer plant you guys just did. And, and you should be able to speak to those things. So have some of those examples in your back pocket to bring out. Um, it goes a long way. I, and I can honestly tell you that, that a lot of jobs I've picked up as a surveyor is because I've cross-sold another department and it eventually came back around in a project and I was able to be a part of it. So, so really taking the time to learn about the company and what's offered in the company. And I, I found something else that has really worked for us is if you work at a larger firm with multiple offices, don't compete against each other. You are a team. Um, you know, what I guess they call it being siloed, you know, don't, don't be siloed. And, and, Again, kind of going back to my personal experience, I've come across companies on LinkedIn that I'm researching for Central Texas. 
well, they don't have a central Texas presence, but they have a presence in Houston and Dallas. So I'll call those people there and said, hey, I'm emailing all of this contact information I found. I haven't seen that we've done any work with these guys. Let's get out there and let's, and let's um, set something up with them. So, you know, pushing, pushing, the, pushing the brand outside of what you're doing just in your area to, to help other offices as well, I think goes a long way. No question. And thanks again, Jay, for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, Todd, how about you, man? Um, you know, coming from a smaller firm, I mean, I think uh, probably the statement I would make as it comes to marketing, and it's actually the tagline for the firm I'm working with on our social media is, is be remarkable or be ignored. I mean, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of competition. Um, although you can put together a marketing plan and, and program, I mean, if you produce a superior product, you will get noticed. So, you know, go all in, do a great job, uh, continue to be consistent, hit on all the keys we talked about tonight, and it will certainly help your marketing program and build build your word of mouth reputation. Absolutely, absolutely. And thanks again, Todd, for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, great things that Jay and Steve and Todd have all said here. Um, in particular, you know, I'm, I'm all about being prepared. And so, you know, just a, a few minutes of preparation before a meeting with a, a you know, prospect, a new client, or even with a client that you've been working with, you want to team with, uh, will go a long way. Uh, and then, uh, and along with that, one of the things that I haven't heard a lot of us even touch on tonight is, is persistence. Um, it's one thing that will get you through when, you know, you're going through rough times. And this may be one of those times, you know, when a, a lot of people aren't really looking to open the door to meeting new people uh, um, because of what's going on. But these are good times to actually do it and to reach out to folks. Um, and, uh, but you got to be persistent and just don't get down on yourself, you know, uh, keeping a, keeping a clear head about what you're doing and why you're doing it is always a good thing. Great stuff, Bill. Thanks again. Good, uh, good catching up with you as well. Good seeing you. It's been a while. Yeah. Great seeing you again too. All right, Trent, you got the uh, second to last word. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I would say, uh, think outside the box. Um, so part of that live sports that we do, um, we promote the profession. So our local uh, college baseball team or our local, you know, triple uh, A team, we sponsored the home run. We Diamondback Lanzerving surveyed the, the last home run and the distance was. So we, we take things to tie in something that, you know, distance and surveying and, you know, things that the, that the public will understand that surveying is about distance or certain things, you know, so think outside the box, I think is one of the biggest ones. And then, um, and, and find what works for you. And then the other one goes back to kind of what uh, we said earlier about staying within your niche. And I think if you get outside your niche and you do something wrong, it's, it's detriment to the profession. In the end, it's, it's, if we treat the client wrong and we do something wrong or vice versa, it's just, it's bad mouths and it's bad words, not only for you, your company and the profession. So, I mean, it's, it's surveying's already, kind of the, you know, we always say the stepchild of, of professions. And so we got to find a way to keep it in the limelight and the good behind the surveying. And that's, again, why we do so much community outreach, whether it's uh, hosting golf tournaments um, for our local canine unit or, you know, supporting your local little league teams, whatever it may be, um, continue to support the community and get the profession. It doesn't have to be your name. It doesn't have to be your company name get the profession itself in surveying out there so that one we're obviously manpower shortage um get get parents to know what survey is to get their kids involved and all things that we've been talking about during this whole covid thing so those are uh those are you know kind of the three things of that i feel like are the most important and uh and just you know let your name speak for itself probably the last words right there <laughs> no question <laughs> Thank you for that, Todd. And thank you again for suggesting this topic. This went unbelievably well, and I can't wait for uh, everybody to hear what you guys had to say. Ryan, you got anything? Uh, well, just to kind of glom on for what Trent said, I got to say, it's the Las Vegas Aviators now with the Oakland A's since the 51s Correct. and the Mets were smart enough to get out of town. Sorry. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> <laughs> but to jump on what he was saying, I think outside the box and building, you know, not necessarily just the brand of your company itself, but the surveying industry. Um, I'm going to do the whole free plugs don't get used to it deal. US of AZ, we do the 
the uh, Boy Scout merit badge surveying, obviously building just some knowledge of surveying uh, to, to give myself the old pat on the back. The Trig Star exam here in Arizona, I run that. Uh, NSPS does that all over the country. And it's really just, I, I had no idea what a surveyor was until I got into this industry and I was already 20 years old by then. So if we can just start that out younger, um, obviously photogrammet photogrammetrically for me, Bill and Jay <laughs> with your all over the world of, of information. But uh, yeah, I, I know that engineers are kind of ingrained in our everyday life, but nobody really not, I don't want to say nobody. A lot of people don't know what surveyors are. So uh, as much as we're saying marketing for our brands and everything like that, but the profession itself needs it as well. Really good. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, for that. The only thing I'm going to yeah, add. No, I was gonna, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go for I was it. just going to say, yeah, you know, one of the things too that, uh, you know, continuing the profession is uh, the sandboxes. I've built two stand, sandboxes for our Reno chapter and our, and our Las Vegas chapter. So the sandbox is, uh, you know, is using that to get in with the kids and in, in the different career fairs. So yep. they're, they're fun as well. Yeah. Those are uh, the topo box, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those things are awesome. Absolutely. We, we, uh, we have one at our, uh, at our disposal as well. And those things, that's such a great tool for, to get kids uh, thinking about it. No doubt about it. Yep. Yep. Uh, like, um, the other thing I'm going to add, and it's something I've lived my life by, both personally and professionally, and that is that you have to give to get and get involved with your communities. You know, volunteer your time, look for opportunities to educate people on surveying and all the different things that we do. And besides everything else, it's going to make you feel good. You're going to bank some good karma, and it's all going to come back to you. I guarantee it. So thanks again, everybody. Uh, thanks to all our listeners for your continued support. We would not be able to do this without you all. And please send us an email at info at thegeoholics.com if you have any suggested topics or would like to be on the panel of a future Geoholics Anonymous meeting. So that's it for now, guys. Thanks again. And uh, I look forward to circling back with each of you guys and, and, and seeing where we can take this. So thanks again. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com. Unifly at unifly.aero, Bad Elf at bad-elf.com, and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.